from Nashville, Tennessee. It's the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Just hear those sleigh bells tingling, ring ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Mom, it's lovely weather for us, lay right together with you. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go, let's look at the show. We're riding in a wonderland of snow. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand, just hold your hand. We're gliding along with a song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy, cozy are we. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Let's take that road before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for us, play right together with you. There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day. We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop. The fireplace where we watch the chestnuts pop Pop, pop, pop There's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy When they pass around the chocolate and the pumpkin pie It'll nearly be like a picture print by Korea and I These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, ting Come on, it's lovely weather for us, lay right together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for us, lay right together with you. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Christina Cash with her song Sleigh Ride, and I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. I have my jingle bell with me, because <laughs> everywhere I go this time of the season, I got my bells on. <laughs> Oh, that's that's too funny. That is too funny, Miss Bobby Jingle Bell. But uh, so, is it starting to look a lot like Christmas in Albuquerque? Um, yes, it is, and it has days where it definitely feels like it's um, Christmas. We were in Old Town 
we we not we were not there for the tree lighting on Friday night, but we were spent a little bit of time in Old Town on Sunday. We went to a book signing of an author friend of ours, and in Old Town, definitely Christmas has arrived, and you know we see it every you know it's all around us, and it's just wonderful. How about in Nashville? Yeah. Nashville yeah. is is Music City, <laughs> but I think you could call it Christmas City right now. There are so many things that are going on and so many decorations. Of course, Opryland Hotel really does it big, and uh, they've got ice sculptors and they've got uh, uh, water parks that are decorated, and I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a big time out there. The zoo is decorated. Uh, there That's is a it. new event, a new event, and a new skating area called Glow Nashville. And um, wow. yeah, if you want to, if you want to come and get in the Christmas spirit, <laughs> Nashville might be the city to be in right now. But uh, yeah, I'm in the Christmas spirit, and we are going to Me be in the too. Christmas spirit today. A lot of great music today. A lot of great conversation with a good friend of ours who's going to be joining us. Bren Hill is on the line, eagerly awaiting to join us. Well, we look forward to talking with Bren. And then in the second hour of the show, Robert Eversole, the Trailmeister, is going to be joining us. And I talked with Robert yesterday, and I said, Robert, you need to come up with some good Christmas stories. So we'll see what he has to share during the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's play a great song from Bren's CD, Songs for Winter's Ride. And um, I kind of like this one, Bobby. This is one called Cowgirl for Christmas. I think I could use one of those. But let's take a listen to that. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Bren Hill today on the Campfire Cafe. I want a cowgirl for Christmas in skin tight jeans. Brand new truck and trailer and some Capra chinks. But if I can only have one thing on my wish list, then won't you bring me a cowgirl for Christmas? I'm so doggone lonely out here punching cows. I used to love to sing a lot, but I need some loving now. It's cold and it's Santa, please remember me I'm writing you this letter Telling you just what I need I want a cowgirl Christmas skin tight jeans A brand new truck and trailer And some cap cheeks But if I can only have one thing On my wish list Then won't you bring me A cowgirl Christmas 
ain't here, I need a cow. Christmas in tight jeans. Brand new truck and trader and some cap route. But if I can only have one thing on my wish list, then I want you bring me Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Cowgirl for Christmas, written by and performed by today's featured guest, Bren Hill. And I'm also was kind of thinking about all those cowgirls in Vegas right now at the uh, NFR <laughs> final. A singer-songwriter, today's guest, Bren Hill, says he'll reveal the heart of the West to anyone who takes the time to listen. His career spans 15 recordings of mostly self-penned music and more than two decades performing on the road. Bren has stood on countless stages entertaining audiences in a performance style all his own, like a skilled, seasoned poet. He uses lyrical language to peel back the layers of life to reveal a deeper, more meaningful understanding of our world. Bren Hill's newest music project, Songs for a Winter's Ride, is perhaps, some say, his best work yet. Released on iTunes November 14th, this collection of holiday favorites, intermingled with poignant originals, carries listeners through the Christmas season, New Year's, and beyond. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, a man who wears many hats, husband, dad, performer, songwriter, and cowboy, Bren Hill. Welcome, Bren. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and I'm just, uh, just hoping for that cowgirl for Christmas. <laughs> don't hope don't hope too hard i think you've got your cowgirl but uh, but i but I, I, can, I can hope for one so that's okay yeah merry merry christmas bren thank you so much yeah merry christmas to you to your listeners it's a great time of year it is a great time yeah. of the year so we talked yeah. a little bit about the things that are going on in albuquerque and we talked a little bit about the things that are going on in nashville right now during the christmas season what's happening in hooper utah you know it's trying to be winter today and uh we are headed to lakeview oregon tomorrow we're going to play this is the brennan andy show cowpokes for christmas mm-hmm. with our friend kathy moss we're going to play uh benefit for uh billy flick who is the uh widow of leon flick and and really the uh the female cowboy counterpart to Leon, uh, all of her life and career, and she's she's a career cowboy herself, and uh, she uh, she had a little horse wreck a couple of weeks ago, so you know we're gonna try to go go raise a few Christmas funds over there, and I think we're gonna gonna drive there in a pretty good snowstorm, but that's oh wow uh, you know that's what it's like here, yeah, winter travel in the west. Wow, so, wow. So how how um. How is how is Billy? I've I've seen a lot of things posted. Is she doing yeah. okay? I think she's doing all right. You know, I think she took a little time uh, with her mom up in Lewiston, Idaho, to to kind of heal up. And I believe uh, she's coming down. I know she's uh, she's just kind of having a rough time thinking that uh, some people are going to come together for her benefit because she's always on always on the giving end. This is a lady who. Uh, raises funds for a crisis fund for a scholarship fund 
in the names of uh, Leon Flick and Sonny Hancock, who were uh, ranchers and cowboy poets that uh, are iconic to me. You know, I, I grew up listening to these guys and, and uh, bumping bumping into them at cowboy poetry gatherings, and and both of these guys are just two of the founders, of, you know, of the genre, in my opinion. But um, Yeah. Yeah, so she's just having a rough time, you know, thinking thinking we're going to do all this for her. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been there. I, I, uh, I've been on the receiving end of, of great generosity and benevolence from people when my family encountered a difficult time. You know, my son, 13 years old, went through brain and spinal cancer. And, uh, you know, it is hard. It's hard to be on the receiving end of that because uh, it's, it's more uh, – fun to be on the giving end you know it's i guess it's easier probably to be on the mm-hmm. on the giving mm-hmm. end i the always giving. did concerts for um you know sick kids and for for sick families always tried to uh you know at least once or twice annually do some things you know to to raise some funds for folks who were you know mostly ranch families and folks that were kind of kind of hand to mouth just living in the lifestyle and uh, encountered a crisis and then all of a sudden it was me, you know, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, so we're all well, go ahead. We're, you know, we're going to play, we're going to play uh, uh hard cancer Christmas and, uh, yeah. we're going to play it a little bit out of order, Bobby, from where I had it scheduled to play yeah. during the show, before you, but before tell you, us a little, go ahead. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your son's situation. And I believe that was what, about 10 years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago this year, we were sitting there at uh, Primary Children's Hospital down here in Salt Lake City and uh, just just trying to get through every day and every night. And uh, he was diagnosed, he was two and a half, November of 08, with medulloblastoma, which is the most aggressive uh, brain and spinal cancer, most common in kids under 18. And um, we spent 14 months there in treatment, kind of back and forth to home and the hospital and the Huntsman Cancer Institute and you know, here he is uh, 11 years later. He's started junior high this year. Uh, just, you know, just we've witnessed a miracle here, you know, for sure. That that song I wrote about that first Christmas, and uh, I tried to hang some lights up in his room on the ICS floor. He'd just taken a round of chemo, and wow. a charge nurse came in, and she said, you got to take these lights down. We can't hang Christmas lights in the room. So that uh, – that's kind of what started that. Well, it's uh, it is uh, kind of a helpless feeling when your child is going through something like that. But this is absolutely a great song. So let's take a listen to "Hard Cancer Christmas." And again, this is from "Songs for Winter's Ride" by Bryn Hill. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank you. 
charge nurses But you can't hang those lights up here inside So I dress up like Santa Claus To pass the time away And hold them close when it gets hard And all that I can say is we'll be Because I think this is um, so very important what you're talking about. 
And also, it, it brings up a wonderful opportunity to talk a little bit about Kathy Moss and the um, CD. I think you were her producer, weren't you, on The Truth, which was also based, um, that poem, The Truth, is based on Billy Flick. Is that right? It, it is. And the uh, <clears throat> it's ironic that, uh, you know, me, me being a producer would be working on a record called The Truth. Because, I, you know, I'm just uh, flying by the seat of my pants most of the time. But um, I'm telling you, <laughs> Kathy Moss is a phenomenal writer. And uh, she she came to me with, with a collection of poems, and we talked about it and worked through it. She had a great engineer, and uh, I, I just feel fortunate. You know, Chet uh, Atkins said that it's easy to be a, a good producer. You just have to pick great players and great talent. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I hate to take too much credit there because really that, you know, Kathy did such a phenomenal job with all that. Okay. Well, well she finally, is a great writer, finally, great poet. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. I was, I was, I was just going to say that I, I had so much fun um, getting to finally meet her face-to-face at the um, International Western Music Association uh, conf- uh, gathering recently, and then um, to hear her name called for Cowboy, the, for the Truth um, of being awarded the Cowboy Poetry CD of the Year. We were just jumping out of our chair, and it's so hard because everyone's so talented. Everybody nominated deserves to get that, you know, to get that win, but... Um, what a special moment for Kathy. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so is she, you have, y'all have a new project that you're working on by chance together or not? Uh, I, I think so. I think we have one okay. in the works and I think I'm going to learn more about that, uh, at breakfast on Saturday. At bre- <laughs> oh, <laughs> so give a big howdy to her from, from me. <laughs> we will do that for sure. I think she may be listening today. So that's pretty cool. Well, Brand, this is a great CD, some great music. We're going to play quite a bit of the music that you wrote yourself. Um, and I think we're going to go ahead and play Christmas in the Bunkhouse right now. Tell us how this song came to be. <laughs> well, you know, we had the opportunity to uh, spend the night at the MC Bunkhouse, the old MC Ranch. And uh, that's just over there south of Paisley, Oregon, and coincidentally, uh, you know, Billy Flick arranged that opportunity for us. This is an old cinder block house and kind of a barrack-style bunkhouse. And uh, I I stayed there with Andy and and Eric Oltz and a couple other buddies of ours that come with us on the the road sometimes. And and then also in in our travels, we meet some pretty, you know, iconic, legendary cowboys, a feller by the name of Mark Lundy, Lundy, who's the, uh, he's a wagon boss out here at the MC, or at the uh, UC Gamble Ranch, the old Utah Construction Ranch out here uh, north of of uh, Wells, Nevada. And, uh, you know, at one time, the, they called it the Wine Cup. At one time, the Wine Cup was one of the largest ranches in the West. And it's still a great big place. And and we got a chance to go out there and play for a party for those guys. Met Mark and his and his uh, crew, and you know this is kind of just an old time outfit. They still ride out with the wagon and ride great big circles every day and uh, all summer long. And and Mark is just he just like a larger than life kind of character. So those two experiences, staying in the bunkhouse, meeting Mark Lundy, kind of 
culminated to uh, uh, inspire this song, Christmas in the Bunkhouse. Well, it's a fun song. Let's take a listen to Christmas in the Bunkhouse from Songs of a Winter's Ride. Elroy's on his mouth harp, blowing jingle bells. Road to town's blowed over, and it's probably just as well. Stuffed our gizzards on bottled rye and sage grass. We're playing cards and shooting pool. It's Christmas in the bunkhouse. There's a line of holy stockings hanging on the heart. We've even perched a pinion tree and dressed it with our scarves. The old north winds are blowing no one's headed for the outhouse. So fill your cup and roll the dice. It's Christmas in the bunkhouse. Like he might cry Shifty shuffling cards again With mischief in his eye Trading spurs and wild rags And stories from the fun house And everybody's welcome here It's Christmas in the bunkhouse There's a line of holy stockings Hanging on the hearth And popcorn on a pinion tree With golden paisley scars Tomorrow's Christmas morning We'll all be out feeding cows Tonight we're all celebrating Christmas in the bunkhouse. that you and your family have. Do you have yeah. any? We do. We do. We have traditions here, and uh, it is let the old man rest on the couch. He's finally home for a few days. <laughs> 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 no, you know, uh, I, uh, I cook a turkey, and I love to, I love to cook, so I'll, I'll cook, you know, kind of a turkey dinner here, and, and uh, we'll have a turkey dinner, and then we, we get uh you know to go over my folks and I see my see my brothers and their families we go to my wife's parents and and see their families and we used to have a what's called a pajama party on on Christmas Eve and uh we kind of in, inspired that we haven't had that for a couple of years but uh um 
You know, I I think about that first Christmas we got home, going back to hard cancer Christmas, we, we came home from around a chemo. He'd had the surgery to resect, this is my son, of course, that had the surgery to resect the brain tumor. He healed up from that. We went right in for a round of chemo, and we were in the on the ICS floor, and he really did well that first round of chemo. It was uh, mm-hmm. kind of a miraculous recovery. And one of our favorite nurses comes in, and uh, it's a guy uh, named Irish. He was a nurse in the military and, and uh, still wore a beard and a ponytail, but just a I mean, you know, the kind of guy that lights up the room when he comes in and, and the right guy for that job, kids love him. Mm-hmm. He came in, he said, you guys are going home today. And, you know, we, Selena and I looked at each other and we said, what are you talking about? We can't, you know, we can't go home. And he says, no, we're going to send you home for a few days before the next round of chemo. And um, so we'll get your stuff packed up and we're going to train you on how to how to administer the meds through the IV and. So we ended up at home on Christmas Eve. That's December 24, 2008. Wow. Uh, my sister-in-law had run over to our house and set up a tree because nobody had really been there, collected my older son, Quaden, from my, from my parents where he'd been staying for about a month and a half, and walked in to our house, you know, carrying Briggs, and he's on a feeding feeding pump and on oxygen and uh, – Nine o'clock that night, uh, finally had the last, uh, the Prax Air guy, home health guy left. And uh, we sat there in front of the tree and, and sang Silent Night and Away in a Manger. And uh, very, very humble uh, Christmas. Obviously, my son couldn't be around a lot of people because his uh, immune system was, was so uh, compromised. So long, yeah. 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 And, uh, I'll tell you, I I uh, have never had never before, nor have I ever since uh, felt uh, the presence of of the Savior so strong uh, in my life and, and in my home. And uh, you know, really, the reason for the season was kind of uh, I, I guess pretty right obvious. It? it was very yeah. obvious, and it was it was very clear to me. Uh, what Christmas really, really is about. It was a tender mercy for me and my family and a, and a gift, I think, that only only God could give us, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so I, I tried to, uh, I tried desperately, and, you know, with all the bustle, the traveling that we do, we always have some Christmas gigs. Some of them are corporate gigs, you know, where people uh, tend to drink too much, you know? And, <laughs> and you, you get into these situations where, you know, you there's a, you can really easily lose that feeling. And I just try so hard, at least when it finally comes down to, to Christmas time to be with my family, to reflect, try to, to uh, reconnect with uh, the reason for the season, which is Jesus Christ and, and celebrating his birth and the gift that he was to the world. And, and uh, that's, that's what I try to do every year. And it takes a lot of effort to do that sometimes, but uh, that's what I'm going to well, do. Well, if you, uh, yeah, if you go back and think about that that Christmas Eve home with Briggs from the hospital, that should help with that. But um anyway, another great song and and I and I think this is appropriate right now. It's it's uh uh it's one called Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, one of the few covers that Brent has done on the C D. And uh we wish all of our listeners 
a merry little Christmas. We're going to come back and talk more with Bryn Hill in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Christmas now, Bren Hill from his brand new 
CD that we are really enjoying today, and we hope you're enjoying as well, Songs for a Winter's Ride. Grant, it's so wonderful to have you with us. <laughs> I'm so honored to be a part of it. I appreciate all you guys do. Yeah, so so great this time of year. It's so busy for everyone, um, but to take the time to visit with us is just really special. So when you were thinking about, you, you have another great um, holiday CD, um, uh, North Pole Rodeo, I think. That's that's the right title, isn't it? North Pole Rodeo. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you um, when you began to think about this one, um, how did you how did you go about choosing these songs? You know, uh, <clears throat> putting together a clip. I'm obviously writing songs. I think I wrote Cowgirl for Christmas, and I thought, man, I I like this song, and how am I going to get it out there? Because I have to make another record to get it out there really with mm -hmm. I, with you know the advent of uh, digital distribution you know and and iTunes and the streaming services you don't really have to release records anymore but it's you know after doing this so many years I it's hard to get that through my thick skull so I I went ahead and wrote a bunch more tunes and uh and then just kind of tried to rebrand a bunch of songs that I love, you know, from this time of the year and talk to my uh, record label partner, who is the silent funding partner, and uh, told him that I thought I needed to make another Christmas record. And um, so, you know, and, and really what that conversation is, is, hey, you're the money in this deal. Uh, get out there and and uh, earn some money for this record label. <laughs> you know, record labels uh, that are that are actually in the in the positive and in, in the black, you know, are few and far between uh, in this day and age. But you know, we use the music as a catalyst for all the other endeavors. You know, and and hope that you know downloads and streaming and a little bit of distribution and offstage sales kind of come back to to bring that. Uh, you know, at least to the back to the break-even mark, and maybe even pay our partners a little bit of return. But he was nice enough to uh, to think that was a great idea. And uh, you know, with with this collection of tunes, I thought, you know, um, I really ought to try to to stretch this out as far as I can go, since you know the the objective here is to at some point someday make money, and. Uh, so why not Christmas and beyond? And I, I think you know that's where we're headed with this, with this next song, right? Right. Yes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about Old Man Winter's Rawhide? It's a song about cabin in the West, you know, and and that starts can start you know as early as end of Jan or end of January, early February, and and runs all the way through April. We had a tough winter out here last year. It was a for real, uh, you know, <clears throat> sort of an anti-global warming winter. And we had, I think, about uh, four feet of snow up in Woodruff and Randolph Valley there. And I got lots of friends at Ranch up there. They were losing calves in the, in the deep snow in March. And, uh, I mean, it was tough. These guys, obviously, you know, calving, for those who don't ranch – is a round-the-clock job, and, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, it's an all-hands-on-deck deal. Everybody that can is on watch, and, you know, 
you, you take shifts, mama works and dad works and friends help and, and the oldest kids go out and help and they trudge through the deep snow and, you know, Woodruff and Randolph Valley number of times, this is um, northeastern corner of Utah has registered the coldest temperature in the nation. And, oh, wow. You, know, you can have, yeah, you can have 30, 40 below nights up there. And uh, it's wow. a valley that holds that cold, cold, dense air. So, um, kind of a kind of a thankless job. And this is a song I think, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, a rally song for my friends that are ranching and and uh, fighting the frostbite uh, in the middle of cabin season. Yeah. Well, this is Old Man Winter's Rawhide. It's from the CD Songs for a Winter's Ride. We'll be back with Brent Hill in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
Old Man Winter's Ride, Rawhide, Old Man Winter's Rawhide, that's Bryn Hill, Songs for Winter's Ride is the CD. And um, we talk about digital downloads and streaming. I, I guess the reason for having CDs today, I have friends that have said, I'm not making any more CDs. We're just going to do digital downloads. But they're not out touring and performing as much as mm-hmm. you are. So right. I guess... Right. I guess a lot of your CD sales come from uh, performances like you're going to be doing this weekend, don't they? We charge we charge five dollars for a CD and and uh, signature, and then fifteen dollars for a hug. That's per <laughs> CD. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's too cute. That's too, well, I guess a lot of them they just they could just go for the hug, you know, and give you 15 bucks but uh we're pretty easy we're pretty easy to hug i'll tell you what it's just uh you know yeah you know i i still have a desire to have a physical product in my hand and i like to read credits and i like to read lyrics if they're there and i don't i don't know i but you know i was 20 years old when cds were uh you know the latest greatest thing and uh remember right. the day that i that I actually got a CD player in my old 86 three-quarter ton Ford, had a 460 motor, and uh, the best thing about that truck was the CD, is a Pioneer CD player. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but, you know, it's just the times have changed, and we're, we're rolling with it. I think the beauty of the downloads, the streaming, is that uh, our, our stuff is available 24-7 worldwide, uh, to anyone, and uh, yeah. you know, it provides us so a way to continue to, you know, generate some revenue off of the recorded uh, product. And it's not not the same as when we were selling, you know, hundreds of CDs, I guess. And that, I say hundreds because in the in the cowboy world, you know, we we would sell hundreds. That's a that's a good thing, you know. When we sell them right. to these two little distributors out here that we're feeding the mom and pop shops and the uh, visitor centers and museums. And um, we all kind of rode, rode that wave as long as we could, you know, the, uh, the Western Jubilee boys and, and uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, Dave Stamey and RW and Joni Harms and, and myself. And, uh, and we've kind of evolved into this sort of digital realm. I think we're hanging in there. You know, it, it doesn't, like I say, put us uh put us a long ways in the black as far as profit goes but uh but it keeps the music going and um we appreciate every every listener every cd every download and and every time we get streamed hit the thumbs up on pandora if you stream us please there you go Mm -hmm. so wherever in the world you're listening today you can order Bryn's music from any of your favorite download spots so that's that's a cool thing that is a cool thing. What were you going to say, Bobby? Um, I was just going to say that in in this genre, I still just so appreciate the CDs. Even as um, a radio host, I, I just I love I love them. I can stack them up. I can see the names on the spines. I can find them really fast. <laughs> I can yeah. read the liner notes if there are any. Um, and, you know, again, at the WMA gathering, um, I worked in the CD room many hours over two or three days. And, 
you know, right after a performance, we would just be rushed with people running in and where do I find this? And, you know, tell me about this and what else would you suggest? And I just loved walking sort of table to table, everything alphabetical and going, okay, you need, you need this, you need that. And people just buying uh, like CD sold, you know, but I, but I, sort of, I feel you got to do it all. You have to be on all channels, you know, multi-channel. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I don't guess there are any plans for vinyl right now, Bryn. It's been Although suggested to me. Back. I really need to. Uh, I need to look into it. When I was growing up, mm-hmm. my mom had a had a vinyl record player. We had uh, Lightfoot, John Denver. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had. I remember a Joan Baez record there. Um, you know, we just had. My mom had a great record collection of folk artists she had ian and sylvia i had yeah. no idea that was ian tyson you know at the time <laughs> right and right. so i i listened we had a glenn campbell vinyl record i listened to that stuff all the time you know and i remember putting that needle in the right place and uh just that warmth um of that uh of that vinyl and so it it's probably something i should look into yeah it's coming well, back I- Personally, I, I'd have to go out and buy a, a phonograph or a record player. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so keep the CDs coming and keep the MP3s coming, <laughs> and that, that type of thing. And we want to get to another song uh, from the CD right now, and this is one called "Learn to Love the Cold." Got a story to go with this one, Bryn? You know, I think uh, it, this is a song about learning to love the challenges you face in life, and. Uh, you know, realizing that the challenges and, and trials that you face in this life are an opportunity to grow and become, you know, uh, spiritually and mentally refined and, uh, you know, more more connected and more convicted to the things that uh, that you love. Um, I, uh, I'm a Westerner through and through, and I love, I love about from October to about, you know, middle of May just about anywhere west you can feel that chill and uh, sometimes it'll make you shiver i've learned after all these years to kind of embrace that and realize that that's as alive as i can feel when i'm sitting on a horse Mm -hmm. on a windy ridge and i got that cold wind in my face maybe some snow or rain in my face i feel most alive well let's take a listen to learn to love the cold we'll be back in just a moment on the campfire cafe Better learn to love 
the great song, If We Make It Through December, that's on this CD. So it is absolutely a fantastic CD. So how can people find you, your tour schedule, how they can, how can they purchase your music? Yeah, brenhill.com, B-R-E-N-N-H-I-L-L.com. I think we're Bren Hill Music on Facebook. And uh, and then uh, iTunes and uh, Pandora, Spotify, the streaming services, uh, iTunes uh, streaming. Um, just look for Bren Hill and Songs for Winter's Ride will be up there. I've got uh, – I'm going to be back at the Colorado Cowboy Poetry Gathering in uh, Golden, Colorado, Mm-hmm. I want to say that is uh, about the middle of January. I have the date. I know it. I have the date. Oh, you, it is awesome. It's January 16th to the 19th, and oh, what a lineup of people! I wish we could get there. <laughs> that's that's a great uh, great event. You know, uh, we celebrate the legacy of, of Liz Masterson. Yeah. You know, I think about the years. Liz Masterson and Sean Blackburn were always at the WMA Festival. I'd go down there, and Sean would come up and play guitar with me. We'd play Call You Cowboy. and uh, So it's a, it's a great opportunity for me to go back there. I haven't been there for, for eight or ten years, so I'm looking forward to that. In Tooele, Utah, there's the Western uh, Songwriter Series at the Deseret Peak Complex. I want to say that happens on the 25th of January. And I know... On the 14th and 15th of February, I'm back here at the American West Heritage Center in Logan, Utah, for the Valentine's concerts, and uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play a few love songs there. All three that I know, actually, <laughs> I play both those nights. Yeah. Uh, gosh, have you written a Have you written a love song for Selena yet? They are, you know, <clears throat> the the short answer, the technical answer to that is not yet. The uh, the uh, the real answer is that they are all for Selena because <laughs> you know as soon as I uh, as soon as I get that uh, CD money in hand I come home and I put it right in hers. Oh uh, gosh, that's a safe place for it. That is <laughs> yeah. a safe place for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we want to wish you and Selena and and the three kids a very very merry Christmas. And a fantastic 2020. That's kind of hard to say. 2020. Wow. Time is it, flying. Yeah. Hard to wrap our minds yeah. around. I appreciate it so much. And and same back to you guys. Merry Christmas to you and Bobby and and uh, all of your listeners all over the, the, the world. And uh, we appreciate them so much and the support they give us and the support they give you. And appreciate all you guys do for our for our genre of music here and, and uh, to spread Western heritage. Well, you are very welcome. And, Bryn, we're going to close out this show with uh, your great song. Again, this is another song from the CD Songs for Winter's Ride. It's called Little Drummer Boy. Bryn, thanks so much. Thank you. Pum-pum To lay 
Christmas year round. I love this Christmas season and this Christmas songs. I I listen to I listen to Christmas music year round. And and I well, keep a cup I keep a few Christmas decorations um where you know where you can where you can see them <laughs> year round. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, it is great. And by the way, we're going to mention that uh, we continue with Christmas and the songs of the season with Eli Barcy next week on the Campfire Cafe. But, Bobby, are you ready for what comes next? I am. It is time for Saddle Up America (laughs) 
on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, and we're going to be talking with our good friend, Mr. Robert Eversole, way out in Washington. But right now, before we do that, let's take a listen to a great song from Mr. Don Edwards. It's called Every Day is Christmas in the West, and we'll be going to the far west in just a moment with Robert Eversole on Saddle Up America. They say Christmas comes but once a year But don't you believe it's so That's only a story you may hear From those who just don't know That every day is Christmas In the 
Well, welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. That was Mr. Don Edwards with Every Day is Christmas in the West. And we're going to travel way out west to visit with our good friend, Mr. Robert Eversole, the Trailmaster. How are you doing, Robert? Pretty good. It's good to hear from everybody. And, and i got to tell you, it feels like Christmas here. We got uh, good help in the snow yesterday. Really? How much snow yes, did you get? you did. Uh, yeah, maybe three, four that. inches, enough to cover the ground and stay there through today. Oh, wow. Wow. Not ready for it. How about you, Bobby? Well, uh, did you say that they were, you were having some trees taken out? How how do they do that with snow? How do they do that with snow? <laughs> well, chainsaw works in snow. <laughs> <laughs> Chainsaw and tracked vehicles can go any place. Um, so yeah, I, I, in the in the spirit of Christmas, I'm going to war on the on the local squirrel population. They have got some trees that are just too close to the house, and the squirrels hop from them to the roof, and it's not a good thing. So I'm removing their their, their launching platforms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have had that squirrel problem in the past, and those are aggravating little boogers when they find their way into your attic. So you have it exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I, yeah. I tried everything. You know, I sealed the, the 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 roof line and the attic as best I could, and they they still find their way in. I tried luring them away from the house with a feeder far away, and now nah, I'm just going to get rid of the trees. <laughs> Well, you know, it 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 did it did not work well when I took my 16 gauge shotgun and tried to get rid of those squirrels in the attic. I put more holes in it than anything else, so um, that did so. That did not work out well. That did not work out well. So, are you in the Christmas spirit? Well, of course. Like like Bobby Jean says, you know, you got to keep it all year long. I have a Christmas ornament that stays up all year long as well. What kind of ornament? Uh, just a little blue hangy bally thing. I've got this wee tiny little little uh, ponderosa pine on the, you know, in the in the in the yard that I can see from the office, and so I put the uh, ornament up. Heavens, five six years ago, right after we moved in. Yeah, and it's never come down. Oh, God. Well, so it's my, not my come Charlie down Brown just, Christmas tree. Yeah, not just because you didn't want to take it down or didn't take it down. Yeah. Does it have any special meaning to you? No, I just like it. It's whimsy. The <laughs> mm-hmm. You, um, I just posted a picture of that on my Bobby Jean Bell page, where I post pictures throughout the show because I found that on your Facebook page yesterday, and I thought it was a yeah. fabulous picture. Yeah, yeah, so now we know the story behind it. Yeah, there that'd you be a go. great Christmas card. That'd be a great oh, Christmas <laughs> card. That is so funny. I just I just flipped over to your page and I saw the ornament. So that's pretty cool. Oh. There that you go. Cool. Yeah, yeah. With that good-looking photograph of Robert Eversole out in the snow somewhere. So I'm not yeah. sure where that came from. Uh, heaven's knows. Not enough snow for that just yet, but uh, we'll certainly be loading loading the girls up and uh, going for a ride once we get some more more snow in. I'm sure it won't be that long. But make make good things for next year's Christmas card if it if it if we have to wait too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Well, we talked a little bit earlier in the uh, Campfire Cafe. We talked with Bren Hill about some of his Christmas traditions for he and his family. Does the Eversole family have any Christmas traditions? Yeah, generally it's hanging out in airports and <laughs> and aluminum tubes at 36,000 feet flying home <laughs> back to the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's that's the usual thing around the holiday season we 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 head back and uh you know around family and stuff so it's always good to see them uh but holiday travel gee golly mm-hmm. you can have it you can have it <laughs> yeah but not trying to get them to come here. out here but with yeah. with all the yeah. all the kids i guess that would be uh, a challenge it's easier for just Celeste and I to get a sitter for for our furry four-legged kids yeah yeah so i know you were home for thanksgiving uh will you be going back for christmas uh yeah yep so we'll be heading back a little bit for that so that'll be nice uh you know it was back-to-back trips i guess that's the good thing about expo season because i i get a lot of uh frequent flyer miles so yeah it makes it a yeah. little bit easier <laughs> Yeah. So what kind of Christmas traditions did you and your family have as you were growing up? Oh, just just usual. We always did uh you know the 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 big night was always Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day was always a little bit bit more laid back. Uh but yeah, Christmas Eve and and, and uh you know midnight mass all that good stuff. Yeah. So Yeah. Did you, you know, open gifts? Did you o- did you open gifts on Christmas Eve, Robert, or did or did you do that Christmas Eve? We day? did. We did open gifts on Christmas Eve, and then Santa's presents mm-hmm. always came on Christmas Day. Oh. So Christmas Eve were always the, the family gifts. I got um, it. And, and then socks. Santa came Christmas Day. And, oh. Yeah. And then yeah. I think that was the only day of the year that my parents slept in on, was a Christmas Day, and I think it was just to torment the children. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you opened gifts, did you do sort of one person at a time, you know, and everybody ooh and ah, and then you sort exactly. of pulled the wrap, and then the next person opens, or was it just a mad you know, it was it was one at a time, and uh-huh. uh, everybody get, had to ooh and ah, and uh, uh-huh. then the next one, um, and it was like I said, just tormenting for 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 the small ones. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many folks would typically be together? Oh, heaven! Quite quite a few, you know, between yeah, you know. Um, Aunts and uncles and and their kids, oh. so all the cousins. It was oh, wow. always a big, big full house. Did so you did you get a did you get a Christmas gift that you remember that was particularly special? Oh, let's see. Yeah, I got a great one this year. I got Coco the Mule. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, tell us about yeah. your mule. So, so Coco is my Christmas present this year, but she's not so much a surprise. I guess she was a surprise to Celeste. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was doing doing clinics up in Canada, and and I was telling people how I thought the the best critter in the world would be a a, a little Icelandic mule. 
I never heard of one. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be a great little little mix, and got done with the clinic, and a lady came up to me and said that she had an Icelandic meal. I said, wonderful, tell me about it. It's as great as what I've always thought they would be. And she said, yeah, and told me all about this wonderful little mule. It was kind-hearted and hearty and, you know, just a little fluff ball. And then she dropped it, and she needs a home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's either come up with a, with a new line, new spiel at the expos, or bring a new mule home. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So, uh, so I talked with Celeste, visited her, you know, on the way home from Canada, you know, had the you know, had some people much more knowledgeable than I go look at her, you know, had the vet checks, all that good stuff. And then I brought her home and just warmed her way into your heart. You know how those those critters do. And she's coming along wonderfully. I'm I'm quite impressed. Oh, that's great. Now, Later. on your um, Trailmeister website, you have a couple articles, one called Finding Coco and one just about Icelandic horses. And I was found them, of course, always fascinating, Robert. I, You know me. I spend quite a bit of time in, in, in uh, prepping for today, popping around your website. <laughs> but I see Icelandic horses, but they're also Icelandic mules. Are they the is – the, is that the same – animal or are there Icelandic horses and Icelandic mules? There's you better, Icelandic horses. You better, you better explain the process to her. Yeah. Oh, so a <laughs> mule is a hybrid okay. between so a both, horse okay. and a donkey. Okay, so there are Icelandic horses and Icelandic mules. Yes, and Icelandic okay. horses. Okay, I just wanted to be, okay. Yeah. Icelandic mules are just Icelandic horses with long ear. Although now that I've said that, the Icelandic community will will rage up in anger, but they'll get over it. It's Christmas. Um, but yeah, my my wife has a little Icelandic. We got introduced to them uh, through the therapy side, and they're just you know they're almost a little draftish pony type thing. But don't ever call them a pony. People will be offended. Uh, they're just. Sturdy, sturdy little beasts. Uh, this time of the year, they're like yaks with huge, long hair. Um, just a great little mound. It's embarrassing when my wife is on her tiny Icelandic at 13-2, and, I have to, and I'm on my big mule Ruger, and I have to ask Celesta, hey, can we take a break so we can keep up? <laughs> so, uh, and, and it just goes and goes and goes, and I've... I, when Celeste can't come with me, I generally throw a pack saddle on her little little horse, and it's just great. You don't have to lift things up high. It's just just a wonderful little beast. And since I've got more involved on the mule side, I just thought, what a nifty, nifty cross. Um, and I had never, ever heard of one. Um, you know, I just thought it would be a nifty thing. Celeste did indulge me and let me talk to the vet about breeding her her little mare and getting a, an Icelandic mule. Um, but then, you know, with, you know, five, six years, I, I, I kind of think a mule shouldn't be born until it's 10 anyway. So that's a long <laughs> time. <laughs> okay. you know? um, yeah. And so when, when Coco kind of came around, it was uh, just a, the right critter at the right time in the right place, you know, kismet. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So, Bobby, you take a you take an Icelandic mare, and you breed her to a Jack, and you end up with a mule. Okay. So okay. so yeah yeah so there there is I, I no mule breed yeah yeah. <laughs> Okay, but, I get uh, that. It was just in the way that it was being written. It was like sometimes it just. I just wanted to be clear for those those listeners who are like me, somewhat ignorant of um, certain things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we won't go into the processing more than what we just did there. Yeah, so. we, we get that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We won't but in, that. in your article, in your article, you say there are seven points to check. Do you want to cover just a couple of those? What to look oh, for? Heavens, and there's probably a million and ten seven, different but points. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's just so many different things to to look at when you, when you are considering bringing a new critter home. And it's just, you know, the more questions you can ask, the better. I have a dear, dear friend out here uh, who got uh, a new mule to him. And... Uh, well, he, his arm is broken now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, just lots, lots of different questions. And I'm a huge fan of, of Ty Evans, the, you know, I'll call him the mule guy. Yeah. Um, and, and the first thing that he looks for in, in an animal is disposition. I mean, I'm I'm not a competitive kind of guy, you know, going as fast as I can. So confirmation, you know, as long as it'll do the job, that's fine. But disposition, you know, I I, I I'm not big. <laughs> I I can't force one of these critters to do what it doesn't want to do. I want something that's going to be happy working with me. So you know, is it friendly? Uh, you know, is it going to going to be happy? You know. So, so disposition, and and since I'm a sucker for a kind eye, <laughs> um, you know some of the first things. Well, Coco's whole job for the past what I think she's twelve, if I remember right, has been to be cute and eat apples. That's been her entire job. You know, um, and you know she comes right up to you and you know puts her head in your, in your chest and. Give me an apple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is good and bad, you know. Um, you know, she let me lead her around and stuff when I first checked her out. So let me pick up, you know, for to let a stranger pick up all your legs and tinker with you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was that was pretty good. Um, but on the flip side, when I first started asking her um, to do things other than be cute and eat apples. There, there was some confusion on her part, um, and we had a couple uh, uh, discussions, we'll call them, you know. But once we got past those, and she, you know, decided that, yeah, um, I have more jobs than to be cute and eat apples now. Right. Um, <laughs> and and she's been great. Uh, she, I really think that. You know, without putting too many human emotions on her, I really think that that she likes uh, being tinkered with, you know, being interacted with, and and wants to 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 please. So, you know, disposition huge. 
Um, and, and I guess that goes back to, you know, what's her training been? Um, had, had, uh, had I been looking for a mule five years ago, I would, and, and found out that her whole job is to been, to be cute and eat apples, I would have run away. I, I certainly wasn't at a point there where I felt um, somewhat competent to train a critter. Um, so, you know, what has has the animal been been asked to do um, in, in the past? Has it been a packed animal? Has it been a riding animal? You know, I'm just now starting to feel um, capable of of training something. Um, on my own. Does that make sense? Well, sure. Most most horses and mules are are pretty willing to do what you want them to do if they understand what that is. And that always falls back on the trainer, on the human. You know, if you can can transmit the right way to the animal. Yeah. Right. As long as I can keep giving, giving the critters, you know, that good deal, um, and, and I, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be great. And it's certainly been a lot of fun. Um, you know, this, this is the time of the year for, I have to admit it, I don't like getting out a whole lot, <laughs> you know, giving my druthers if, if it's, you know, 29 degrees and sleety, rainy, nasty, <laughs> I'd rather stay in front of the fire. Yeah. But with the, uh, with the new one, that's really not an option. Nor is it an option to just work with her. <laughs> so Ruger gets a little upset if uh, if he he isn't played with, you know, b- before the other ones. So so I, it's it's been a little bit of a challenge finding 20 minutes a day for each of them. You know, it's almost well, it is an hour and a half after all is said and done. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 uh, the the order. Yeah, Ruger goes out first, and we redo work, and and then and then Ellie, and then and then Coco, <laughs> and it's just hilarious to, you know, watch Ellie. You know, when I have Ruger out, Ellie and Coco, they'll, uh, you know, line up at the gate. Really? You know? Yeah. What are we doing here? I guess it helps that, uh, you know, chunks of we kind of put the the apples away because they're both. They're all chunky monkeys, so so it's uh, it's chunks of carrots now, but it's food. They're they're motivated. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, what is your goal with Coco? Well, uh, initially, I I want to use her as a pack animal. That that's okay. going to be if, if things keep going well, we're going to be she's going to be in the string this year, and then after that, we'll see where it goes. I would love. If if somebody whom I talk with on the radio once a month would ever come out and visit, I'd love to have a mount uh, for you guys come out. Yeah, you know. So he was talking uh, about you, so. buddy. Yes, I I figured as much, and I think the size and such I, that just might be the horse that I need or mule. There, there you go. Yeah, thirteen wow. one. Wow. Uh, and and that's I, I think that's just the perfect height. You don't have that long to repent as you come off. So exactly, exactly. 
Yeah. And and not well, as not as broad uh, and, per, and not as broad a back for you know getting oh, those legs on the side. Oh, I wouldn't say that at all. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> she, she 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 she's a uh, she's kind of wide there. Um, well. But you know, twelve years of being cute and eating apples, <laughs> it'll <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> I gotta tell you, my brother, my brother has uh, his horse out here at my place, and so about two months ago, he started coming out and bringing apples for his horse and mine. Okay. And he he absolutely spoiled them, and so mm-hmm. I finally gave in and bought a sack of apples for them. Oh. So, yeah, you know, every couple of days or so, I'll go out and. And give them a holler, and they'll come running because they love those apples. They actually love oh, apples. Oh, buddy. Yeah. That they do. Well, heavens, I love the apples, too. I'm just unwilling to share mine. I've, I've been on a baking kick lately. So lots of uh, pumpkin and apple pies. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. So you do a lot of baking during the holiday season? or just I the do. List? I, I, I try to do do a lot of baking throughout the year. Um I've I, I've been experimenting with different uh, different sourdough breads lately, uh, but during the holiday season, it's a lot of pies. I like making my own uh, pie crust. So every, you know, when I get tired of of pumpkin pie, then it goes to to uh, to the apples and back and forth. But mostly, I'm just trying to uh, come up with good things to put in my pie crust. <laughs> oh wow! So we've learned something new about Robert Eversole mm-hmm. today. He's a baker. But he's a poor baker, but he has passion. Her <laughs> 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 enthusiasm. Oh, gosh. Well, that's half of it. Hey, we want to take a break, listen to a great song right now from Michael Martin Murphy. It's one called Christmas on the Line. And uh, we're going to come back and talk more with Robert Eversole and Bobby Bell on Saddle Up America. That old north wind. Howling high up in the timber The only choir that I remember And I was riding on the line One lone star Hanging over the horizon Like the one that left the wire as they followed heaven's sign Snow can be Like the angels in their glory Seem to sing the ancient story As the wind blows through the pines Drifting Sound of spurs jingling like silver bells ringing. Christmas on the line.
sound of spurs of jingling Like silver bells ringing Christmas on the line Silver spurs of jingling Christmas on the line Michael Martin Murphy, Christmas on the line And welcome back to this special Christmas edition of Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, and we're talking with Robert Eversole and Bobby Bell. Bobby has now committed to come out and ride a mule, which is a first. (laughs) And we have learned that Robert Eversole is a phenomenal, or at least a passionate, baker. So... uh, So, Robert, you were just talking during the break a little bit about you've got a thing going with Backcountry Horsemen of America uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, my, my local chapter here, they're having their Christmas party this Saturday. And uh, so I volunteered to bring fresh break bread and pies for it. And after I volunteered for that, then they told me that they were going to raffle me off. So that should be interesting. I oh. feel like a gigolo. <laughs> So I guess I guess if they raffle you off, that means there are going to be some clinics for some lucky people yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Last year they did the same. It was a lot of fun. So a uh, uh, group of ladies went in and and and, and bought me for for the day. So oh wow! Did yeah. So you know, but since backcountry horsemen, they they fed me, which was fabulous. And Celeste and I went up to one of the ladies' farms and. Talked about high lines and and camping and all sorts of stuff. It was really, really just a, a really pleasant day. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the same ladies will uh, will win me this year because the food was great. No, oh, that's great. Well, I found it very interesting that it was the ladies that put things together to buy you, and so we went further than that. But, Oh uh, gosh. So, uh so do you do quite a few Christmas gatherings during the Christmas season? Um not really. Not really. I mean, there's the backcountry horseman party, there's the mule. Well, I guess there is, you know. I guess pretty much every weekend up until Christmas is um you know, some type of thing, you know, between Celeste work parties and you know, backcountry horsemen, mule club stuff like that. You know, the, the weekends in between Thanksgiving and uh, and Christmas are pretty pretty full, I guess. Now that I think that's, about it. <laughs> well, that's do pretty you, neat. Do you treat your do you treat your your animals to any special treats at holiday time, or do you well, recommend well, you that people to, do or you? not do that? Well, why don't you give us. Tell us a little bit about how we should treat our four-legged friends at Well, I'm holidays. not going to say you should at all. It messes up their <laughs> diet terribly, but, you know, it makes yeah. your heart happy to take out those apples and carrots and and stuff for them, you know. They certainly enjoy it, and it makes my heart happy to to, to, get, to give them those special treats. I don't think they... <laughs> They would be quite as excited about a new pack saddle for them. <laughs> that would be like giving my wife a uh, 
uh, uh, vacuum cleaner for Christmas. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> when we yeah. got Ever, got married, that was yeah. one of the first things that she told me. Yeah. You know, yeah. want to give me a present? Great. If not, great. But don't ever ever get pots and pans or or cleaning supplies for me as, as a gift. Yeah, or so. things that plug in. Well, in this day of high tech, she might like something that plugs in. But typically, um, yeah, things that don't plug in. That was the right. rule at our house. My dad loved to get things that plugged in, and and my mom, you know, needed those things throughout the year. They weren't really something for Christmas, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing. The older you get, what, what you think about for Christmas gifts. I remember when I was, you know, little, socks, clothes, yuck, nasty. Now, <laughs> hey, <laughs> socks and jacket, I'm a happy camper. So, so Celeste said she was going to send my favorite pair of boots in to be uh, redone for Christmas. To be redone. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, I I have, I I bet I've had this pair of boots for 20 years, and they're my, they're my favorite winter boots, but all the stitching is rotted away. (laughs) I, I went out. Yesterday morning in the in the fresh snow and my feet got really really wet because of all the holes from the leathers falling apart. So she said she was going to send them back to the company and see if they couldn't, you know, rebuild them. Wow, wow, wow! That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's that's better than getting a brand new pair to break in. Oh heavens, yes! Breaking in boots is is, is I don't I don't enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. So I just went over to Bobby's Facebook page, and she has a uh, – uh, Robert, I don't know if you're looking at her Facebook page or not, but she has a great picture of you affectionately hugging your mule. That's <laughs> oh! Uh, so, is, that, is that Coco or Ruger or Ellie? I hug them all all the time. Well, I can't well, really I'm tell. Thinking I'm thinking it's Coco, but okay. um, I'm thinking it's Coco. Okay. And I did uh, put up a picture of a pie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, People are going to know yeah. all my secrets. <laughs> they are. They are. Uh, kind of looks like the crust needs a little work on it, though, from the picture. That it sure looks good, though. It, it looks so tasty. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, Celeste had to go away for, for work. I thought yeah. so. Yeah, and Celeste didn't say otherwise, so... Yeah, that was actually a, a a new pie dough recipe, and I don't think it was. I think it was a little dry, so so next time I'll have to add a little bit more more water to her. But yeah, but that's uh, the fun of baking. Every time it's just a a little bit different, even though you're using the same recipe. Yeah, that's that is so cool. Well, you'll have to send us a pie, I, but I'll prefer apple over a pumpkin anytime. We so. can do that. Yeah, yeah. So when will you guys leave to go home? Uh, that weekend prior to. Okay. So, right. so it'll be a, it'll be a short a trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yep. great. And then head, so, head, head home immediately after. Yeah, so uh, if Celeste is not listening, have you already selected her Christmas gift? Well, we yeah, know you're Coco. getting the boots redone. Oh, Coco. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. right, right. It works right. for me. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll find out if it works with Celeste sometime. But, 
Anyway, well, you have been, you are always such a great guest on the show. I think, Robert, we're going into is maybe our fifth year. I think uh, so. It has gone so quick, and it's just always so much fun to chat with you, too. Well, it's fun to talk with you and to find out what's happening, and uh, uh, and you've really gotten Bobby involved in the Trailmeister. I think she is more active when we talk with you than anybody else that we have on the show. So well, good. She may be. She may be. Either that, that, or Bobby is saying. Well, he doesn't talk enough unless I push him on, so it's one or the other. All I know is I'm having a lovely time. Oh, gosh. Well, (laughs) we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and Celeste. Safe travels, and uh, man, it's going to be a new decade that we start when we get back together again. Can you believe that? Yeah, crazy. A whole new decade. A whole new decade. I posted, uh, I think I posted yesterday that we were experiencing the last full moon of the decade this week. Oh, I noticed the night before it was looking, the moon was looking very, very large. I didn't realize it was a full moon. Yeah. Yeah, last night it sure looked like a full moon here. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Oh, I bet. Yeah, but anyway, we want to wish you guys a very merry, merry Christmas, and uh, we look forward to getting back together in January to have the Trailmeister join us. When do your uh, when do your clinic start? Second weekend of January. Okay, so we're just right around the, the corner. Season. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. But uh, who knows what the new decade will bring? Exactly, but. It'll be good, though. It will be good. It'll be a wonderful decade. It will be a wonderful decade. Well, Robert, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk with you in January, my friend. Have a Merry Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, and Bobby Jean, you as well. Safe and and wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Robert, we're going. Happy trails. Yeah. We're going to play everybody's favorite right now. It's Gene Autry and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a classic Sounds song. Good. Yeah, and when we come back, we'll be visiting more with Bobby Bell on Saddle Up America. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitz, But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeers used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you go down in history. 
had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeers Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph with your nose so bright Won't you guide my sleigh tonight Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You go down in history Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a classic by Mr. Gene Autry. And uh, Bobby, it was so much fun talking with uh, Robert today. And I'm looking forward to getting photographs of you riding his mule. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) don't hold your breath on that, Mr. Holt. Oh gosh, that's cute. And Bryn Hill, Bryn Hill was Bryn Hill's always a great guest, and always enjoy talking with him. He is one of the finest young writers out there today. Yes, and, I I really was so so happy to have him on, and uh, wish wish he and his family a uh, another just very special holiday. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It is great. Well, the Christmas season always brings back memories for me. Uh, what about you growing up? Any special oh. memories that come to mind? Oh, let's see. I'm looking at the clock on the wall. We don't have a lot of time. Let me think here. <laughs> um, well, not a dad, lot of memories, but just some special memories. Well, yeah. My my dad um, was an extremely gifted craftsman, and in his um, spare time, um, after dinner, uh, he always headed to the basement and um, would work on all different kind built furniture, all different kinds of things that he really enjoyed. Bird carving was one one of the major things he enjoyed. But during the um, pre-Christmas period, the door to the basement said Santa's workshop and you were oh, wow. it was off limit and only my mom could go down there because that's where the washer and dryer were and um, so none of us could, we couldn't go down there for anything else my dad had a dark room down there um, he had every kind of saw he was a tool man he had every every kind of thing that you could imagine in that basement and um, we were um we were always given some wonderful handmade things. My mom was also a wonderful um, sewer and, you know, um, embroiderer and hooked rugs and just also really talented. And so our Christmas gifts were often um, really handmade, wonderful, um, almost heirloom kinds of things. And um, and I do remember receiving a dollhouse one year, and then my family went into making dollhouse furniture, and wow. um, we did that for several years to help put me through college. And um, we were working an inch to the foot scale and making colonial furniture. And there were always some special pieces at Christmas time that mom and dad maybe worked on that weren't part of our Studio B miniature line, but were given to us as Christmas gifts. 
And I cherish all of those things today. In fact, as I look around our home, it is filled with gifts that we've been given over the years from all family members. Um, yeah. My, you know, um, that's a lot of what we, that's a lot of what we have. And, um, and the other tradition was um, my sister and I would set up a nativity set that grew every year because we would go to a local store and look for uh, one or two new um, characters to add to the nativity. And it always went under the Christmas tree. And she and I, Wendy and I, would put that out. And then we would, um, Christmas Eve, we would put out an ad one or two new figures it might be just a sheep or you know an animal around the the manger or it could be um whatever a new character and then you know we would ask we would we would hope that people would go down there and look and see what was the new figure this year so you know it's always fun to think we don't think that we thought of those as a tradition at the time but when you look back those become the things that you that you remember yeah 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 well those are precious memories and it's great that you have so many items in your home that you can look at and i'm sure that when you do uh particularly at this time of the year when you kind of stop and think about those things it brings back such great christmas memories for you so that is that is pretty cool that is pretty cool what about you what about you well my family was in the five and ten cent store business so my dad had three stores, and uh, and Christmas was always, <clears throat> excuse me, was always taken up with business, taking care of everybody else's mm-hmm. Christmas. Yep. And yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that uh, a few years ago, always became a big new thing, but it was an old thing that had been going on for a long, long time. So people would lay away their items starting back in uh, uh, July and August and September. They'd make their their payments on their layaway, and then uh, many, many people uh, waited until Christmas Eve to pick their layaways up. And Mm -hmm. so we always were busy helping other people get ready for their Christmas on Christmas Eve and and, uh, would be loading out layaways for folks at 10 o'clock on Christmas, I remember many snowy Christmases when we were helping mm-hmm. people get into their car and uh, get ready for their Christmas with their family. And then for us, Christmas was always Christmas Day. And so that was a, that was a pretty big deal. You know, Santa Claus was coming and uh, uh, we would do Christmas and then we would take off to family to visit for the rest of the day and uh had a big family and uh it was always such a joy to visit with all the cousins you know most of them were around our age and uh and so we're still close today so great great memories great great memories going back but uh and santa claus always was at all of our stores i don't know how he did that because he was at the all three of them at the same time he's pretty but remarkable yeah he's pretty <laughs> remarkable but but yeah, starting yeah. about Starting about Thanksgiving, Santa Claus showed up every weekend, and he was there to have pictures made with the kids and and listen to uh, to their Christmas wishes. And so there's some really great memories uh, that are connected with that. And and uh, 
being in the retail business back at that time. So I'm glad I'm not in it now, but it was it's fun to look back on those memories. And uh, and today it's great to visit with family all through Christmas and, and uh, spend time with my children. So that's what mm-hmm. we'll be doing this year. That's what we'll be doing this year. Well, it's been mm-hmm. a fun show. I think it is so much fun to go back and talk with our guests about their Christmas memories. And uh, um, we'll do that again next week because on the Campfire Cafe, we have Eli Barcy, an award-winning singer-songwriter, joining us. And uh, we've invited her husband, John, who performs with her, but we've never interviewed John. So we're going to be talking with Eli and John about their Christmas memories and sharing great Christmas music from her. And, uh, of course, they are from Canada. And uh, next week is an all-Canadian show. Lori Duff with Liberty Lane Farms will be joining us for Saddle Up America. So we'll be talking with her and talking about some of her Christmas memories and what she's doing now as she travels across the globe conducting clinics uh, uh, from Mongolia to even the United States. So busy, busy time of the year, and uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to this new decade, aren't you? You know, until I saw your post yesterday about the moon and actually say decade, I, I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> but, yeah, we are going into a new decade. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, well, listen, I hope our audience has enjoyed our visit today with uh, both of our guests, and we invite you to come back and join us again next Thursday, beginning at noon Central Standard Time for the Campfire Cafe, followed by Saddle Up America. And we'll remind you that all of the shows are archived in a podcast, so you can go back and listen to those and uh, well over 500 shows that you can go back and listen to. But you can find all of that at equestrianlegacy.net. So uh, we remind you, if you're climbing the saddle, get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Bobby, we will see you and the Jingle Bells next week on the Campfire Cafe. All right. See you then. All right. See you then. We're going to close this out with a great song from Michael Martin Murphy and Ranger Doug. It's one called Riding Home on Christmas. Thanks for listening. I'm riding home on Christmas Eve.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.